At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. The Cleveland Browns have announced that Deshaun Watson will start the preseason opener on Friday against the Jaguars. And uh, this is basically just. Assuming that he's not suspended indefinitely uh, because they're waiting to see if he is suspended longer after the NFL appealed Judge Robinson's decision of a six-game suspension that was handed down last week. Uh, the NFL wants more, probably going to suspend him for more than you know what it is now, maybe even a year. And um, Watson has considered continued to get first-team reps. Throughout training camp, uh, Kevin Stefanski, quote, uh, not specific about when Brissett could get more first-team reps, saying that only the Browns have a plan. Uh, This according to ESPN.com. Here's what Stefanski said, quote, I am confident in our plan. Obviously, we'll adjust based on information. I am comfortable in what Jacoby has done to date with his reps. He's gotten a lot of them. He's gotten some with the ones and some with the twos. We will stick to our plan absent any new information. That's the key there. Absent any new information. Because we could find out that Deshaun Watson is out for the year. And that that's the case, well, Deshaun, see ya. And let's get Jacoby Brissett working and playing with the ones. And you don't have to worry about Watson until next season. But for now, they're going on the assumption that Watson is back after six games. So you get him as much prep time as he can because let's remind ourselves, Sean Watson didn't play last year. So this is a guy that has missed a lot of football. He's got to get into football shape and get ready to play a game that he has not played in quite some time. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, as I mentioned, will open up the preseason on Friday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are a point-and-a-half favorite. Two games will kick off week one of the preseason here on Thursday night. The Giants at the Patriots, where the G-Men are a three-point favorite, and the Titans at the Ravens, with the Ravens a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Let's start with the Giants here. I find this fascinating. 
I'm very curious what we are going to see from the New England Patriots. New system, new coordinators, right? What's this offense going to look like without Josh McDaniels? It's going to be a change, right? So what are we going to see from New England? Plus, how does Bill Belichick even treat this preseason? Does he care about it? Does it mean nothing to him? I mean, there's been times that we've, we've seen Bill Belichick treats the first four weeks of the regular season like it's the preseason. And from a Giants perspective, head coach Brian Dable banned the media and the fans, frankly, from filming anything at their practices and posting it on social media. He was very upset that there were some clips that fans had posted from practice on social media, doesn't want the media recording anything, doesn't want them posting anything. He's trying to keep everything they are doing a secret. He doesn't want any information out there. Now, this is interesting to me because does that mean that during the preseason, they don't want anybody to see anything? Right? Like, if they don't want to show anything in practice because it's a competitive advantage for them, they don't want to put anything on film then for other teams to digest. Right? So, why show anything in the preseason? I think maybe we're going to get some very vanilla play calling from Brian Dable and the Giants here in the preseason because they want to keep their competitive advantage and they don't want to show anything, just like they haven't been showing anything during practice. So I know the line has moved in favor of the Giants as they are a three-point favorite, but I just don't know how much we can have faith in what the Giants are going to be able to do especially given the fact that they don't want to show anything. Taking a look at the current betting splits on vcin.com, 67% of the bets are on the Patriots, but 68% of the handle is on the New York Giants. The total is at 33.5 with 56% of the bets and 68% of the handle on the under. And then there's game two. Titans and the Ravens. Everyone knows everyone's talking about it. Baltimore has won 20 straight preseason games. Baltimore is 18-2 ATS in those 20 straight preseason wins. They've already announced no Lamar Jackson. But then again... Lamar didn't really play last preseason, played one series. So no real difference in approach, or is there? The Baltimore Ravens were decimated by injuries last year. They are a team that is good enough to make a postseason run, except they were hurt. You have to wonder if John Harbaugh 
decides to change the way he coaches in the preseason to protect his players and to avoid injuries to this team? That's my question. Does he push his players to win in the preseason? He is already dealing with injuries to his team. Um, J.K. Dobbins, who is finally cleared and able to practice. Offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley, outside linebacker Tyus Bowser. What's Gus Edwards' status? Linebacker David Ojabo. There's a lot of injury news already coming from the Baltimore Ravens. So, why is he going to want to coach his team and push his players when he is already dealing with injuries this preseason? He's got the fresh in his mind all of the injuries from last year's season. I just think that I understand this year. I understand everyone, you know, the history I'm saying. 18 and 2 ATS. Um, you know, all of the, the, the 20 straight wins. John Harbaugh coaching to win. He's 40 and 12 in the preseason in his career. I get it. But this year, with everything this team is dealing with, don't you think that Harbaugh just wants to gather this game healthy? And I know it's going to be Tyler Huntley getting the bulk of the reps, and he showed that he was fine even in the regular season. But no Lamar, no Mark Andrews, no Marlon Humphrey, no Justin Houston, no Marcus Williams, you know, probably no, you know, Dobbins and 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 Gus Edwards and and you already know uh, uh, Ojabo and I just think that this could be the 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 Malik Willis night where he makes his debut for the Titans. The rookie shows what he's capable of doing and, you know, maybe this is a night that is all about the Titans. Malik Willis, Traylon Burks, what are they going to look like? Logan Woodside probably going to start the game, get the majority of the first half reps, and then Malik Willis in the second half. And let me just say this. Ravens might win this first half. But Malik Willis, who I bet on a lot at Liberty, when he is in the game in the second half against third stringers, fourth stringers, and guys that will be on practice squads. Don't be surprised 
if he brings the Titans down the field and puts up points. And that's where you can miss out on this Ravens cashing the ticket because of the second half of this game where Malik Willis has the edge over the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk about the preseason as a whole, the philosophy when it comes to preseason football. Coming up next with football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris spent time on staff with the Cleveland Browns under Bill Belichick and uh, was in the Tennessee Titans front office as well. Plenty of football to talk with Chris coming up next. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Betting experts all season. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Back here on the look ahead here on VSN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. The NFL preseason officially got underway with the Hall of Fame game last week, the Raiders beating the Jaguars. But the week one of preseason action gets underway here on Thursday night. Two games on the schedule, the New York Giants at the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Ravens, winners of 20 straight preseason games, as we all know. Uh, joining us here on The Look Ahead to talk more about preseason football is veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris has spent years on staff with the Cleveland Browns under Bill Belichick, also in the Tennessee Titans front office, and his website, LandryFootball.com, is a one-stop shop for all things football. Chris, thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes, and how do you uh, evaluate the preseason with all the changes we've seen over the years and, you know, three games instead of four games. And, of course, you know, the way that these teams now, I mean, the way that they're handling their starters. Well, with kid gloves, and I think it's a um, – it, it, you know, it needs to be a balance. You know, on the surface, people say, well, you don't put them in harm's way. You don't have them in those quote-unquote meaningless games that don't come in the schedule. And – from a developmental standpoint, you'd prefer to see younger guys. However, it is your duty as a coach, and I don't think enough is 
emphasis is put on this, to get every player in your entire team, of course, ready for the physical grind of the season. And the only way to do that is to hit and do certain things. It's I use this analogy that people may relate to. If, if you want to run a marathon or a half marathon, whatever, you don't just say, you know what, I'm going to show up. When is it? April? Good. I'll be there and I'll just run, you know, 10 miles. And work that way. You, you need to run a mile, you need to run two and three, and you work your way into it. And I think that that's, the, that's why I think, A, people have backed off of it, and I think it's they played the starters less. And I also think why that's why the beginning of the season is, quite frankly, teams put themselves in a hole. I think the teams that do the best job, of preparing for that physical activity um, can get off to a better start. The ones that don't, uh, yeah, you might start hitting your stride by week seven. Well, that's great if you now you know you know uh, two and five. You know it's not very good. You're in a hole. Absolutely. And so, what are you looking for? during the preseason if you're not able to see a lot of the starters out there getting time? Well, it's really valuable to look at young guys. I think looking at young players is really important because you need to see how they develop. And it's, you know, you've got to get guys acclimated to the system. You've got to work on fundamentals. Do they make the same mistakes over and over or do they get better? Do they take to coaching well? Um, uh, you know, do they have the same sort of competitiveness, uh, you know, in every practice? Those are the type of things that are really important to evaluate. It's not, oh, this guy threw two picks in a in a scrimmage or in a preseason game. He's a bust. No, it's not. That's okay. It's just, can you learn from that? Can you grow from that? How much better can you get? Those are the type of things that I look for. I look for growth. I think you want to see something in the first year, and I think you want to see some positivity in preseason, particularly with younger guys. Then, but I, but you're not going to get everything. You don't want to overwhelm them because the more you give them, the more you overwhelm them with responsibilities, the more likely they're gonna, the more they're going to make mistakes. So I think you have to have a happy medium for the veteran guys or the new guys that are veterans from another team. You're trying just trying to get enough reps to make sure that they understand from an assignment standpoint. And I think if you do that, uh, I think that you can get something out of it. So, look, everybody's having to adjust. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're noticing in, around the league, they've got these special padded helmets on top of the helmets. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing a lot of things. We know safety is important, um, but there's no substitute for the physicality of the game. And as I like to say, you're going to get hit you know, week one. Uh, and if you're not prepared for it, it's going to hurt more and it's going to be more injurious to you if you don't prepare your body for it to some degree. How you do it, you know, uh, is certainly debatable. How much do you have to take what you see, though, with a grain of salt? Because, you know, in the preseason, you're playing against a lot of backups and a lot of guys that are going to be on practice squads. I mean, we remember, what was it, for the Giants, Victor Cruz, you know, became a star because of what he did Mm -hmm. in the preseason. So how much do you have to say, wow, this guy can do something and he's showing me something versus, well, he's doing it against backups and guys that won't make the team? Well, you that's why you're not looking at the production. You're looking at the traits, the skill sets. If the guy has the skill set and he uh, 
consistently plays with a lot of energy, uh, consistently not just make plays from a production standpoint, but consistently run good routes, you know, consistently is in the right position as a blocker, whatever position he plays. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for traits, not production, because you're right. Production, how many tackles, how many yards you threw for, how many yards you ran, how many balls you caught, that's not relevant to how good of a player he is. It's the byproduct of maybe some of the things that make him good. So not worried about the statistical production, but looking more at um, the skill set of the player and whether it really fits for us potentially if he's out there and whether he fits for, you know, keeping him on the roster. There, there's no question about it that um, it's those things and making plays on special teams that really opens the eyes for your team, the team that he's on, and maybe others. But, you know, the big thing is you know a player obviously a lot better than somebody that's on another team because you're in the meetings with them every day. You're in practice with them every day. So you pretty much know what you have. Uh, the games, quite frankly, it gives you a little bit more information, but quite frankly, it shows your hand or shows his hand to other teams in the league because they're not seeing this player in practice unless you're having a, you know, a, a two or three day practice uh, soiree with another team, which does happen from time to time. What's the balance between trying to be competitive versus not wanting to show things and put things on film for the regular season? Well, I think it depends upon the team. I think that if you're a team like Jacksonville, you want to try to build some momentum. You want to try to build an attitude. There's, I think, an importance for maybe a younger team to learn how to win, uh, to say, all right, look, we, we got to go on a two-minute drive here at the end of the first half. We got to get it done. I think those things maybe are a little bit – the results are a little bit more important for those type of teams. I do think winning is something that is learned and ingrained. I think that you know, the first step is to get competitive in games, but you really need to – learn how to win but not at the expense of all right well we're going to put the starters back in because we need to win this game to look good no you want to win with whoever's in the game I think the veteran teams you know I think that it's again more about looking at players so in terms of what you show what you try to do in preseason is you try to work on what you want to work on you're not really put you're not game planning for an opponent so you may work on certain things. Like, for example, you might not have a blitz package in uh, or you might have a certain blitz package that really is not the ideal blitz package for this opponent. But in preseason, you're not concerned because you're trying to look at maybe working on certain blitz pressures. And so you're not worried about showing it. Well, you, To me, I always felt like there's a whole lot of things I can show people. You know, and what I'm trying to do is work on what's going to be best for my team and what do we need work on? What do we need more uh, execution on? And do that. And then, you know, preseason, you may see some of that stuff. That's okay. You know, you, you dress it. In fact, I mean, I do that a lot. Always was involved in doing that a lot is, is I never worried about what we show. That's what self-scouting is. Look, this is what we've done in these situations. So we're going to window dress it, meaning we're going to make things look formationally and personnel grouping-wise, like what we've done in the past, but we're going to do something different. There's there's no shortage of things to do, but what you try to do in preseason is to find things that you do well and try to fine-tune that and try to really work on the things that you don't do well. And sometimes 
in the process, you learn, okay, look, we got to play this left tackle here, our third left tackle. If we got to play him in a regular season game, we're going to have to give him help because he can't handle good pass rush one-on-one. So those are the type of things that you might be able to ascertain in preseason. You might not give him help in a preseason game, but you're trying to see whether he's going to need it. And a lot of that has to do with, as you mentioned, who is rushing against him, for example. Or, you know, just in general, is it going to struggle with an inside step move? Is it going to struggle from a technique standpoint? Chris, do me a favor. Hang on through the break. I want to get into some college football on the other side. You bet. He's Chris Landry. You follow him on Twitter at Landry Football. The website is LandryFootball.com. Chris, a veteran scout, coach, and consultant. We'll talk some college football coming up next. React to maybe uh, some of the teams in the coaches poll that came out earlier this week. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a Smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Current betting splits for the first two preseason games here on Thursday. Uh, Patriots getting 67% of the bets, but the Giants at minus three getting 68% of the handle. Ravens at minus three and a half getting 56% of the bets and 69% of the handle. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. We are rejoined by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And Chris, let's talk college football here. The coaches poll comes out, and there is no surprise at the top with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. But Notre Dame at number five. Are the Irish really the fifth team in the nation? Scott, I don't think there is a fifth team. I mean, think about it. Anybody that you put in the fifth spot, you can sit there and say, huh, I don't see that. <laughs> I, think, I think the reality is it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, in any order you want to put those three. And I think you could make a pretty decent case that Clemson is a – considering their talent level relative to their schedule in their league, might have the best chance to be a fourth team. But really, you can take the 15 and the 15th team, and you can put Notre Dame at 5 or 15. I mean, who else are you going to put there? Oregon, Utah, USC? Uh, I mean, someone else in the Big Ten? No. I mean, so really, there, there's not one. So I think anybody you put there is, is you know, basically that's why ranking is not important. It's kind of like a draft board. You know, you know, always say around draft time, mm-hmm. look, there, there are three – elite tackles then there's a big drop off so who the hell cares who's the fourth guy the fourth guy is just the the next tier grade wise of eight other players so 
you know, it's the top three. I, I think that's how, I mean, it's certainly how I grade teams. And at least going into the season, that's how I see it. I see it as a three. I see there's a little bit of a drop-off. And I think that Clemson at four is closer to the group that, that's at five and below. But I think they might be at the top of that group, if you will. Just so, yeah, I saw that, and I got asked that a bunch. And I, my answer would be, who else are you putting at five? Because <laughs> no one else. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, as I mentioned, USC, Oregon, Utah. Um, you know, I, really no one else is – really deserving in my mind i think over the course of the year you know maybe we can have a case and you know it it, it almost shapes up again scott like that fourth team is going to be the sacrificial lamb in the college football playoffs again like it has been a long time so who's going to be this year's michigan or cincinnati well that's what we're going to find out but right now we don't really know well speaking of michigan what's your evaluation on them going into this season the schedule is pretty soft but i i'm very curious how they handle the offense with the loss of josh gaddis yeah, look, I think that um, it's going to be a drop-off from last year. There's no, you know, uh, alpha male Aiden Hutchinson to kind of lead that defense. If they're going to be good, you mentioned the schedule is uh, is such. But I think there's a significant drop-off between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. Um, I, don't, I don't think Michigan's that big of a threat but in terms of national playoffs. But they can have a good season. Don't really see anybody out. I don't see Wisconsin. I mean, somebody's going to win the West. It might be Wisconsin. And, you know, who knows? But uh, I think there's a drop-off there. And uh, I I just think they're a good team. And maybe they're the second-best team in the Big Ten. But, again, what does that really mean? It means that they're just above maybe a handful of other teams that are quite a bit apart from Ohio State. At least that's the way I see it. Is Utah the class of the Pac-12? I don't think they're the class. I think – they're the best team. I think that Kyle Whittingham's Utah team is maybe, maybe the best developmental program in the country. And, and developmental program is defined uh, for me by, you know, there. I mean, Alabama develops players, you know, better or good as anybody. But I'm talking, they will get what you would be normally considered three star guys, two star guys, and get them to play well together. Utah does as good a job of that as anybody. I think they're in the mix. They can't afford injuries, I think, because USC's not ready yet. Maybe Oregon's pretty good. I wouldn't say Utah's the class, but I think I would probably make them the favorite as the best team, T-E-A-M, not the most talented team, but maybe the best team, maybe the most cohesive unit. We'll see. I think they've got a pretty good chance, and they may be, you know, uh, uh, they may be like a, a Washington or a, um, a Michigan State a few years ago that made the playoffs. Maybe that's Utah this year. But, you know, we've seen them in big games before, Scott, with some pretty good teams. And, man, they just they just collapse uh, in the moment. So so we'll see. And I'm very curious to see what they do in the early part of the season against an athletic Florida, but an inexperienced Florida. Yeah. Are they capable of going into the swamp and winning that game as an underdog? Absolutely. Florida's got a lot to prove, um, a lot coming together. But there's no doubt that Florida has more overall athleticism but i think it's a good test for utah and look scott if if the difficulty in anybody in the pac-12 unless you're a dominant team is you play an extra conference game i mean do the math every you're going to have more losses than other conferences just because you're going to play an extra game you're going to have x amount of losers in those games it's going to make it difficult for 
for Utah to run the table. But if Utah is able to do it, including a win over Florida, which is not going to be like a typical win over Florida might look, but it still will be a nice win if they can run the table. But I don't know if they can run the table in the Pac-12. I think there's somebody who will get them because I just think it's very difficult. And it's not like that they're, from a talent standpoint, utterly dominant. They're just really good, but they've got to be like on every week. And that's the thing about the elite teams. Alabama doesn't need to be on every week. Georgia doesn't need to be on every week. Ohio State doesn't need to be on every week. You know, if they're not on, then they'll just win by, you know, 13 instead of 23. You know, it's just, uh, Utah can't do that. They are not on in a given week against anybody. Boom. It's a loss. I want to go back across the country and go to the ACC where Miami uh, is getting some some love this year. Tyler Van Dyke getting a lot of love in the Heisman market. How good is this kid and how good can he be in this offense? I think it can be pretty good. I think I'm very curious to see how this offense develops. My sense is that he can be really good. I, I think, again, everyone's looking for someone that's not the, you know, the chalk who can step up and. Look, I mean, pick somebody who's going to play Clemson in the conference championship game. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's, it's why Pitt has had a little bit of a nice run. They'll be pretty good. Florida State's probably not ready. I'm not sure that Miami that I'm overly excited about Miami nationally. Again, whether ranked top fifteen, top twenty, who cares? They're really not, you know, in an elite level. But they could possibly win that division. But I can say that about three or four other teams in that uh, division as well. But uh, they're, they're one to look at. I do think that their future is good if Mario continues to recruit like he has. Look, they're not necessarily going to get back to the old Miami, but they can be, like, really good and maybe consistently good. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. What about Dylan Gabriel's chance to put up some big numbers in an offense that he's extremely comfortable with, with Jeff Lebby now in Oklahoma? Yeah, they're going to be a fun watch, and I do think that running this paced offense, a guy that's smart, that can make decisions at the line of scrimmage because you've got to you throw him concepts and he calls the plays, I think he has a chance to do a really good job. They've got some young guys as well, but that's going to be – it's maybe as interesting a watch as uh, is out there for me because of the fact that Brent Venables I know wants to – may be a different looking defense, but the offense, if the pace is like Jeff Levy likes to run it, well, that's going to make it difficult for the defense. And hey, haven't we said that enough at Oklahoma under Lincoln <laughs> Riley? I'm just wondering if it is it going to be different? Is it going to be the same? What's the future? How's the mesh between what Jeff Levy wants to do and what uh, Brent Venables wants to do? That's going to be interesting. Chris, what do you got cooking on uh, LandryFootball.com now? Oh. Well, we've got obviously we've got all the previews up, all the daily notebooks. Is every, you know people are getting in, people are into their practices. All the latest news and notes from around the world of college football, recruiting still heavy. A lot of stuff going on um, each and every day there. But what's going on on at practices? Obviously, tough news at Wake Forest Hartman um, today. We just got everybody covered there, and for the NFL fans, the same things with all the training camps and with Week One of preseason. It's about breakdown of the season, players, teams, coaches, schemes, at the college and NFL level, giving you a coaching and scouting perspective. That's what we got at Landry Football. Absolutely love it. Chris, appreciate the time and the insight. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. There he is, Chris Landry. Check him out, LandryFootball.com. On Twitter, at LandryFootball. Chris is a football scout coach. 
and consultant, uh, worked in the Cleveland Browns organization, the Tennessee Titans front office, had some years at LSU, and consults with uh, pretty much every NFL team and major college football program currently. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Coming up next, we will get into the Major League Baseball board for Thursday's action right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Podcast today to find all of our podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball board for this Thursday coming up, August the 11th. The action gets started with several 1 o'clock uh, and 2 o'clock Eastern time games. So a lot of day game action here on Thursday. The Marlins will take on the Phillies. Excuse me, the Phillies are absolutely rolling right now. They have won uh, 12 of their last 13 games, I believe. Seven straight wins for Philadelphia. And if you look at these seven wins in a row, two of them have been by just one run. The comeback win against the Marlins here on Wednesday against Sandy Alcantara and the 5-4 win against the Nationals uh, last week. Other than that, they had two 13-1 victories. They had a 3-1-7-2-11-5-4-1, and even before that, an 8-2. So they are just rolling right now. They will send Kyle Gibson to the mound against Edward Cabrera. Philly is minus 165. And I am not stepping in front of this Philadelphia train at all. 
Some would say this is a dangerous spot with the Phillies maybe looking ahead to this all-important weekend series against the Mets, but this team is just playing too good a baseball right now. I think I saw the stat online earlier, 40-19 and 19 since they fired Joe Girardi. Uh, it, it's just they're good vibes right now surrounding this team, and with Bryce Harper coming back, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later for them, there's just a lot of good feelings around this team. I, I can't just I can't bet against this Phillies squad. Uh, I like the Phillies. I like them at this price. Uh, probably gonna go up. Uh, I'm seeing minus one seventy two on the run line. Minus a run and a half is plus one twenty five. Total in this game is eight and a half. The Guardians will take on the Tigers. Zach Plezak gets the start. For Cleveland, Garrett Hill goes for Detroit. Cleveland is minus 170. The Guardians looking for the sweep. They come in winners of four straight games. And uh, they will then head to Toronto for a game on Friday. So this one does maybe qualify for a getaway day sweep avoidance for the Tigers, who just fired their general manager, Al Avila. So maybe the Tigers, a little plus money, intriguing play. Guardians trying to get out of town, head up to Toronto and deal with the Blue Jays. I just don't like betting on bad teams. Uh, White Sox take on the Royals. Dylan Cease gets the start for Chicago against Zach Greinke, and I am all over Chicago I'll be on them in the first five. I'll be on them for the run line for the game. Dylan Cease is unreal right now. In his last 13 games, he has allowed only five earned runs. He has 95 strikeouts in his last 76 innings pitched. Meanwhile, Zach Greinke has um, not been good. Uh, Four runs his last outing against Boston, three against the Yankees before that. He did shut out the Angels, which was a good start, but three runs against Toronto before that. He did face the White Sox earlier this year in five and two-thirds innings, gave up two runs on seven hits, and another start in six innings, he gave up three runs on five hits. So they are familiar with him. He is familiar with them, but it is all about Dylan Cease against this Royals team, and I will back Dylan Cease in this spot. Cole Reagans gets the start for the Rangers against the Astros. Framber Valdez goes, and Houston is a massive favorite. Minus 305. I've even seen minus 320 on the board. The run line, minus 145. The run line is the only way that you can play the Astros in this spot if you want to back Valdez and the Astros to bounce back after a loss. They lost in extra innings here. Um, After a loss this year, if you want to look at some numbers, um, let's see. The Houston Astros this year, their record after a loss is Houston, Houston, Houston. 28-12. and They are the second best record in Major League Baseball after a loss this season. The best record belongs to the New York Mets. So that is interesting. After a loss this year, they are the second best record in Major League Baseball. Uh, 22 and 18 on the run line, though, after a loss. But if you're just looking at straight up win loss record, 
28 and 12 after a loss this season for the Houston Astros. The Cardinals will take on the Rockies. Dakota Hudson goes for St. Louis. Herman Marquez for the Rockies. Cardinals minus 120 seems like a low price. That's a little bit of a fishy line, one that I might want to stay away from. Uh, the Cardinals did bounce back from their 16-5 thrashing on uh, Tuesday to get a 9-5 victory here on Wednesday. So they're looking to uh, get the win in the rubber match of this set. And let's take a look to see where the Cardinals go. The Cardinals go home to face Milwaukee on Friday. So a little bit of a getaway situation in Colorado. Kind of just want to get out of there, get home, and prepare for a huge divisional series against the Brewers. The Pirates will take on the Diamondbacks. JT Brubaker gets the start for Pittsburgh. Merrill Kelly goes for the Diamondbacks. Arizona is minus 190 with a total of eight there. JT Brubaker has had a rough go of it this year. 2-10 and record with a 4-4-9 ERA. Um, he had one good start. Back on July 13th against the Marlins. Well, we don't, the Marlins can't hit. But other than that, uh, he has had a rough go of it this year. Merrill Kelly, meanwhile, comes in in pretty good form. So could be a situation there where you're back in the Diamondbacks or nothing. Uh, but minus 190 is high. And then there's two night games. The Orioles take on the Red Sox. This is a game that's just a one-game series, one game between these two teams. And then the Orioles will get ready to take on the Tampa Bay Rays for a pivotal series in the wild card standings. So they travel from Baltimore. They have the rain out, though. So bullpen usage is available, and it looks like it's going to be Dean Kramer to get the start. He was supposed to pitch on Wednesday. He'll now pitch on Thursday here against the Red Sox, and then the Orioles will head down to Tampa to take on the Rays. So I'm seeing the uh, Red Sox minus 132, Baltimore plus 112, and a total of 10 in this one. Baltimore plus a run and a half would be the way I would look at this game. It's minus 170, though. If I can see this thing drop down to around like 155, we'll take a look at that plus a run and a half. But I think the Orioles could even just win this one outright. And then uh, the game that was supposed to be, or I guess the yeah, I guess the lone night game in Major League Baseball, uh, Cubs and Reds. It is the Field of Dreams game, nationally televised on Fox. Drew Smiley, Nick Lodolo, Cincinnati minus one fifteen. A total of nine right now. This is not going to have the same pomp and circumstances that last season's Field of Dreams game had. It was the first one. Uh, they were supposed to do it, COVID. Then they finally did it. Uh, they brought out Kevin Costner. It was great. They had the James Earl Jones speech from Field of Dreams, and it was amazing. The scenery was amazing, and then the Yankees and White Sox just played home run derby. Don't know if it's going to be the same type of atmosphere and aura as what we had last year but I do still think we're getting an over. So I like the over nine in the field of dreams game between the Reds and the Cubs. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up on 
follow the money on Thursday morning. Paul Stone, college football handicapper, will join the program at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Nigel Seeley, soccer handicapper, will talk some football. Uh, Mike Palm, of course, uh, our very own here at VSIN and the VP of Operations at Circa at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And then Paul Charchian, fantasy football and prop expert, joins the program at 9.45 a.m. Eastern time. It's all coming up on Follow the Money. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.